Hello, I'm Charlotte Watts. Welcome to these podcasts that were first broadcast live in my Facebook group, Charlotte Watts Calm. Hope you enjoy them. And if you want more, please look at my website, charlottewattshealth.com. Hello, this Facebook live session is on eating to help anxiety. And I have given it that title which, yes, I will be talking about eating to help us alleviate anxiety and to prevent us going into that state as something preventative and therapeutic. But I do often also want to talk about how anxiety will change our appetite and change our relationship with food and what we can do about that to help us along the way whilst we're in a state of anxiety. So let's just be clear about what that is, what anxiety is. It is when we reach a state of hypervigilance where we're unable to calm ourselves, unable to bring us down, and that nervous system response becomes more heightened and agitated. And an anxious state is is our nervous system working on high and overdrive often for long amounts of time and often when that is no longer an appropriate response. So we might be responding to things that are held traumas in the nervous system, reacting as if they were happening now. It might be something that we've become regulated to kind of live within that state, that actually being on alert and high alert is a kind of become a bit of a default position or that we're in a particular circumstance that has an unconscious connection to something that has been deemed unsafe registered in our enteric nervous system right deep in the belly to say not safe and that we hold that there and when we're in these states it doesn't make sense for us to have a usual or resting relationship with food and we can see that manifest in one of two ways. So often with the state of anxiety, people will lose appetite. So yeah, it doesn't make sense for us to stop and eat if we're in a high state of anxiety. We're basically replicating the fight or flight response and survival and protection. And if you're in the wild, you do not stop and digest. And also, if that is not the state that digestion works in, digestion works in the parasympathetic nervous system tone, the rest and digest tone. And that is the absolute opposite to that which we have prevalent throughout our agitated system where we're in a state of anxiety. So literally you can put food in, but the our stomach acid has reduced and digestive enzymes production has stopped and peristalsis halted. Things are on just kind of lockdown, shutdown, if you like. Energy is rerouted to the brain and the muscle for our thinking, our acuity when we're needing to protect ourselves and muscle for the action, the big limb action that we're expecting to do and we need to call on really quickly if we're in unsafe mode. So for many people, appetite can go down if particularly if they're hitting a period where something upsetting has happened, a breakup or loss or something rattling our world, taking out our foundations. And when that happens, we can really need 
the foundation of food, the foundation of energy as blood sugar balance to not just run all our systems on stress hormones. But at the same time, that's not something that we feel naturally able to put in us. So these times, it's really important to turn to things that are very easily digestible, that don't seem too massive a task in terms of eating, and things that we like, things that are comforting to us. So very often for many people, this is in the form of soups or stews or a light curry or a light salad, things that we like, but just not simply just turning to the comfort of sweet foods. So yes, it might be that we like chocolate eclairs or lots of you know, jam on white toast, but although they might feel comforting in the short run, ultimately, they're not going to help us cope with whatever is the root of anxiety or keep us going. And actually what happens then is that anxiety can set off and be part of highs and lows of blood sugar that exacerbate and feed into these states. So the more that we can say that it is like the jam on toast that you fancy, and that's the only thing you want to eat, the more that you can tweak that to be a sustaining source. In that example, for instance, it might be kind of like a rye sourdough with peanut butter on or a nut butter, or you know, if it's something that you want that's sweet, even having something like a yogurt and fruit or you know, something like pineapple or mango, something that is very readily sweet, but that doesn't exacerbate those highs and lows. Also, if, you know, anxiety for you is something that sets off digestive issues, then it's probably, you know, the last thing that you need to be doing is plowing in lots of wheat at that time, which can be a real strain on digestion. And for lots of people, comfort eating in that time. And the only thing that they fancy at that point might be things like pasta or bread or pastries or cakes or biscuits. It's a very common kind of comfort go-to for human beings to go to that combination of wheat and sugar, which can really kind of turn us around back into symptoms, particularly like IBS, that are part of anxiety. And the other, the flip side of that for anxiety for some people, particularly often if it's long term in entrenched or trait anxiety, can be eating for comfort. So those foods that I just mentioned, but maybe even in larger amounts. So the anxiety might even be uh, go alongside weight gain, or it might be that you're just eating huge amounts, but don't even put on weight. It's so personal, so individual for people in the way that this manifests. What is most important here that if you need, often it is the heaviness of that food. We don't feel grounded. Sometimes making ourselves feel physically heavy can actually give us some respite. Also eating kind of these large amounts of comfort food can give us a bit of a rush of serotonin. They can be quite numbing. So if comfort eating is something that you use as, you know, an excessive behavior, looking at that and examining that for what it is, that numbing, that switching off, that tuning out. And we use excessive behaviors in many ways. We all have them. The thing that we turn to, it might be shopping. It might be, you know, some gambling, any kind of addictive or excessive behavior. For some, it's exercise. For some, you know, running particularly. Anything that we see ourselves just be kind of compulsively going towards. 
And if that's food for you with anxiety, then again, watch out what that is. So if it tends to be big carbs in particular for that for that serotonin hit, then how can you bring down the complex carbohydrate bit of that and add in some protein? So for instance, big bowls of pasta might be tweaked to be bowls of pasta that are something more like buckwheat pasta or noodles that can be kind of like buckwheat noodles, rice noodles, brown rice instead of just turning to wheat-based things and making sure there's some protein in there. So if you are a meat or a fish eater, adding that kind of dense protein or some kind of egg in or tofu if you're vegetarian or vegan, but something that gives you that grounding of protein and that real basis for being able to regulate blood sugar and keep yourself grounded in that way so that you're not just turning uh, continually back around to the big loads of carbohydrate for that quick fix soothing. Because carbohydrates don't give a certain neuropeptides produced from the stomach that really say satisfied to the body. And satisfied comes with a sense of safety. It comes with a sense of everything's okay. I've satisfied what I need. So a big bowl of a starch will make you feel satisfied in the sense that it makes you feel full, but it's proteins and fats that actually give us a sense of satisfaction, which is a communication from the guts to the brain. It's a different type of satisfaction that has longer lasting and more opportunity for true grounding and a a sense of being able to see the landscape then rather than being caught up in highs and lows. So eating for prevention of anxiety is very similar, uh, attending to our blood sugar, attending to our basic nutritional needs in terms of macronutrients, the big ones, carbohydrates, proteins, healthy fats, particularly fats do help to soothe the brain. So making sure you include things like butter, olive oil, healthy fats like uh, coconut and nuts and seeds and avocados, organic grass-fed, free-range meat if you're a meat eater, uh, fish from sustainable sources if you're a fish eater, organic eggs, stuff that all has uh, fats and particularly fats with proteins there for those latter ones, the nuts, seeds, fish, egg, meat. That gives us the the substrates that the brain needs for full neurotransmitter responses through life. So that helps us to cope with stress and to have the wherewithal, the kind of the mental wherewithal to be able to look at the whole landscape and come back to a mindful place where we can really notice what is happening right now. So are we safe at this moment, which is the often anxiety is when we're We are safe, but our projections or our bringing past conditionings with us into the present say that we are not, even if that is not truly the case. The more we can ground ourselves through food, the more we can recognise the landscape for where it is right now and pull into resources to come down. Now, foods that are particularly anti anxiety are things like celery and lettuce in particular have compounds in them uh, called a pigeonin, which very actively bring in the parasympathetic nervous system. They soothe the nervous system. 
certain nuts, particularly walnuts, have a compound called uridine, which is an antidepressant. So if your anxiety kind of comes along with a low mood, they can be really helpful. And nuts as snacks have many qualities, essential oils, B vitamins, magnesium, zinc, that help to regulate brain functions. They can be incredibly useful snacks and incredibly useful if you're finding eating difficult. I just need something to sustain without that being large amounts of food. I come to chamomile tea so very often and it is so very useful to keep up levels of a neurotransmitter glycine, which is very uh, soothing to the nervous system. And not just when we have the tea, but drinking chamomile tea regularly. And it doesn't have to be just on its own. It can be part of other teas. That sustains levels of glycine in our system. So it means that we have more capacity to come down from anxiety. And the act of chewing itself, taking your time to chew, helps to release all the muscles around the temples, around the jaw that start to really kind of let us know that we can release the jaw, we can release that kind of clenching of the jaw, which is a real part of anxiety loops, that staying clenched up. So the more you can sit down and chew and just be with yourself, you can put your hands on your belly just to let your self know that you are safe the better so hopefully that's been helpful do send any questions through of any specifics you would like help on any supplements any specific ingredients for foods or any sources of food do send those through and it'd be lovely to get a discussion going on those thank you bye <laughs>